1932, Mary and Olin Mills started a photography business that would go on to become the nation's studio. In the over 75 years it existed, Olin Mills employed countless thousands of people. Some would only work a short time, while others would launch careers that spanned decades. These employees were part of a company that provided more than just photos. They preserved memories for future generations. They documented the fashion and the trends of the times, and they captured the young faces of those who would inevitably grow old, bringing to each bit of immortality. These are the stories of the people of Olin Mills. My name is Sheila Anderson, and I started Olin Mills in 1988. I was actually hired in the Port Ritchie, Florida store uh, by Diane Moulton as a temporary Christmas help, um, just doing signing and guests and such at Get Christmas. And when the season was over, and I really enjoyed my job, you know, there, and I enjoyed the people, and Diane Moulton was just as sweet as they got. So, you know, any interactions I had with her was, was a good sign for me. So I had decided I'd like to stay on, and she put me in appointment setting, and that was kind of my start with Owen Mills. Um, I was in appointment setting maybe a year, um, definitely not my favorite position with the company. Um, when I was asked to move into the uh, sales department, and so I trained to be a PC, sorry, proof consultant, <laughs> and um, loved that job, just loved it. And at that point, I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, I want to say it was Otto Evans was still the, uh, the district supervisor here, and uh, Wanda Huff was his assistant. And so I, I worked in the uh, proof consultant for a few good years, loved that. Um, and of course you have management changes and things of that nature. And ultimately I left for probably a year um, with some unforeseen management changes. While I was gone that year, um, I was asked by Sandy Allen um, to come on back, who once again, somebody I absolutely adore and learned a lot from. So I came back and um, worked for Sandy Allen for a very long time. They would be shorthanded here and there, so the idea was to cross-train me into the camera room. And so from that point, I became a photographer and a proof consultant, and then I was a appointment setter. And so I just kind of floated around the studio, filling in whatever they needed. Um, and I did that probably, I don't know, five good years at least. Became the studio manager, and then Wanda Huff, Otto Evans left, and Wanda Huff came into play, and she was the um, district manager, the area supervisor. So she ultimately came along and said, can you float from studio to studio, um, doing whatever it was they needed. So I did that for probably two years. And then I became her assistant, and we hired on a floater. And I stayed there for years, and I loved Wanda. She could be very stern, but the management style and the way she talks to people, even when she was angry, um, taught me a lot. Taught me a lot, and it's amazing the things that you carry through from that company onto the rest of your life. You know, uh, Linda Nelson was, you know, always around periodically. She had, you know, such big presence in such a tiny little body um, but she would come around periodically and between the two of them you know I felt like there was nothing I 
I couldn't learn, I could learn anything, I could do anything, I could be anything. So that was really an amazing, um, an amazing time for me. I was young, so it was it was an amazing thing to learn. You know, when you're in the early 20s and you're learning, you know, management and Zinger Miller and Zig Ziglar and Mildred Ramsey stuff and you know all these super supervisor things. Um, so I was the um, you know assistant to Wanda for a couple years. And when she decided to leave, um, I became the area supervisor, and Linda Nelson put me in that position. And then uh, Alina Acosta, she would come in and improve, you know, my photography skills with my with my employees. And so it was it was almost like I continued to be cross trained, even as a supervisor. You know, I was still learning things from all of these people before me, um, and then. We, you know, still had the studios at that point. And my area was really a good size area. I had 13 studios and, and it was a good size. And unfortunately, and yes, I say unfortunately, when we decided to go into the Kmart, um, I felt like that was a terrible choice. Um, I'm sure there was financial reasons for it and, you know, they wanted to compete. Um, but I felt like, you know, the all-you-can-eat portraits for $1.99 was not the company we were. You know, we were a portrait company. We didn't take, quote, pictures. Um, and so I kind of felt like, you know, moving into that stage, you know, was a setback for the company. It became very lax, and, you know, being in a Kmart isn't the same as being in a private studio. So um, it, it kind of took a, a toll on... I think my morale and the way I looked at the company, as well as a lot of my employees who unfortunately lost their jobs. I had a conversation with Mr. Mills at one point uh, concerning this particular issue, and it was kind of funny because he came into my office and we just happened to, you know, he happened to be in town and we were chit-chatting and he asked me what I thought about the Kmart stuff. And I asked him, did he want me to lie to him or did he want me to tell him what he wanted to hear? Or did he want me to be truthful? And of course, he asked for the truth. And I told him just exactly that, that I thought, you know, that going into the Kmarts and the portrait packages were just a terrible idea. And we hadn't quite made it to the Kmarts yet. We still were doing the portrait packages in studio. But it was inevitable that at some point, that's where we were going. Um, and unfortunately, that is where we went. So I had the Kmart studios. I still had maybe one or two traditionals, but for the most part, they were in Kmarts. And little by little, we were closing the couple traditionals that we had left and moving into Kmarts. And it didn't take long before, you know, a couple Kmarts were starting to go down. And, you know, Owen Mills Studios within that Kmarts had to go down with it. And again, it felt like almost a shot in the gut because this company was so important. I feel like to families for portraits and the quality stood on its own. And now people were saying things like, well, why do I have to go there? I can just go to Penny's. And that was heartbreaking. But ultimately, some of the Kmarts were lost and the areas were combined. There was a lot of employees and not a lot of studios left and not a lot of Kmarts left. And ultimately, you know, when it came to the supervisor end of it, um, I was one of the newer supervisors compared to some that had been 20 years in it. And uh, 
so they had to combine some areas and my area was one of them and I knew it you know we had just come back from a meeting in Orlando and there was no question that you know my area was going to be combined with another local area and so ultimately Linda Nelson came down we had a meeting and she did everything she could to keep me um, but at that point it was kind of time that we parted ways everything was you know on, on good terms I absolutely adore Linda so there was no hard feelings it was just sadness the company had ended up where it ended up and now I see the whole life touch thing and it's like our grandchildren will have no idea who Owen Mills is absolutely no clue and you know back in the day there wasn't anybody who didn't know what Owen Mills was and I think that's slightly heartbreaking that was in um I want to say it was in 2002 and Linda Nelson called and said she needed to come down and have a meeting with me and I knew I knew what the meeting was about there was you know there, there was no question we had already just left a district meeting concerning some closings and some combining of areas and so the writing was on the wall I knew it was she called and said you know she needed to come down for a meeting and I had a cold at that moment and she said oh no no I'll come another day and I told her just come down please rip the band-aid off now <laughs> don't you know let's just do this I don't want to sit here and wait any longer um, so she came down and we met and uh, like I said she you know couldn't have been any more pleasant about an unpleasant job um, and she tried to you know find other places for me to be and maybe jockey me into some other places and other areas uh, maybe some traveling work but at that point uh, the writing was on the wall as far as Owen Mills went and as far at least I was concerned um, and I just didn't want to hitch my wagon to that any longer the 70th birthday was amazing with the world's largest moon pie that was a great time and the Dusty Drake concert and and that's one thing with Olin Mills is you hear people all the time saying you know women are not promoted and women don't have these careers and women and Olin Mills has always been on board with you know having women as supervisors and women in places of you know position of of, a, of power and that's always been a really good thing and so when we went you know Linda took this whole tribe of you know district supervisors out out to the birthday and Dusty Drake was playing and and of course he was very handsome and you know some of us girls were kind of giggling and and you know making comments about how cute he was well after the show he comes over and he's standing there talking to us and invites us to um, his bus and then invite you know said why don't you girls come on over the bus and hang out with us and we'll go to dinner later and it was funny because Linda turned into um, the chaperone the mom and she said now girls we're not going to be doing that today you're going to be going back to the hotel we have a lot of work in the morning <laughs> so it was really kind of cute because you know she thought uh, uh you're not going to be getting into trouble under my watch you know come on ladies <laughs> and so that was actually very cute because we followed Linda back to the hotel like we were supposed to we all got in our cars and and went back where we giggled about you know about the fact that Linda was saying no 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 we have work to do tomorrow you're not you know you're not going to do anything that's going to cause us to have any trouble so that was kind of funny and like I said Mr. Mills was always super nice you know when he had asked me about the the, the package photographs and, and 
what I thought. And like I said, he was he was honest. I asked him, did he want me to lie? And he told me no. So I was honest with him. And I think maybe a small part of him was hoping I would either lie or that I would agree with it. But I really didn't. Um, but but he was he was a good sport about that. He you know seemed to actually care about what people thought. And then I had, you know, amazing memories with, like, some of the huge families that I would do or, you know, closing down the studios, you know, at the end of the night but leaving everything open for one giant family or having special events. And then uh, every Christmas, Terry uh, Slackhammer, who was my assistant at the time, she and I, I would have her dress up for Christmas and I would dress up in some stupid, you know, Christmas tree costume or something silly. And we would put together all these little care packages and spend two days going studio to studio and delivering little care packages to every one of the employees. So that was always kind of fun. And, uh, you know, we had, I just, we had a lot of great memories, you know. Most of them pertain to the studios. I don't really have any fond memories left of the Kmart, but the studios were great. I would say, I know, you know, I had mentioned it, but when it comes to uh, mentors or things I've learned or people I've learned from um, on the top of the list is definitely Linda Nelson. She reminded me of the mother where she would never yell at you and she'd never spank you, but if she said she was disappointed in you, you would just crumble. And so I learned a lot from her on how to speak to people without losing my cool um, because I can't remember even once seeing her lose her cool. I remember if she got angry, her voice would change tone, but it wasn't even a yell. So, you know, I, I definitely learned a lot from her. And, you know, Wanda Huff or Wanda Massengale Huff, she, she was stern. She was very firm and very stern and expected things exactly her way. Um, and usually got it. And part of that was fear. But if I combined what I learned from her with what I learned from Linda Nelson, I think it made me a great supervisor. You know, you know, Sandy Allen was so compassionate, and I learned a lot of how to be compassionate. You know, they may be your employees, but they're still people. And so she taught me a lot of um, compassion for everybody that, you know, may be working for you or with you. And it didn't matter if it was somebody in telemarketing or in the sales room or, you know, in the appointment setting or just temporary front desk help at Christmas, you know, she was compassionate to every one of them. And uh, so I learned a lot from her as well, and I, I respected those ladies tremendously. And uh, I think I always will. And then Alina, Alina Costa, she was just hysterical. And she taught me a lot about photography, more than I knew from anybody else. She was hysterical, you know, to be around. So. She made the job actually fun, and when you learned from her, it was, it was not an ABC thing. It was more, you know, lighthearted, and you still learned everything you needed to learn without being, you know, smacked in the back of the head when you were wrong. So, between, you know, like I said, those those four women especially, I think, you know, I learned a lot from, and and most of what I got from them, like I said, I still carry on now. We own two businesses, and we have employees, and most of that I still bring with me today and use those techniques, sandwich method included, you know, to, to deal with my employees. I think I touched on the fact that, you know, obviously how much I loved the company and the people up until 
what I refer to as the Kmart fiasco. And I, I, well, not even the Kmart fiasco. It started with the packages before we went to Kmart. You know, we used to doing packages in the, you know, in the studios. And it was the all you could take for a dollar ninety nine sort of stuff, um, and we went from you know booking appointments and and, and you know selling one eight by tens to you know trying to make a three hundred dollar sale on a twenty nine dollar package of you know cut 'em yourself photos, and you know like I said, Owen Mills used to be portraits. They weren't pictures. They weren't photos. They were portraits, and that's what we sold. And, you know, when the packaging started to come in and stupid paper envelopes with people's names on them started, you know, arriving with, you know, just generic pictures in them, trying to sell a 30 by 40 canvas to somebody who's got a coupon for 19.95, just at that point I thought this is not going to end well for anybody. <laughs> and the sad part is when I go to look for a photographer now for professional portraits, <laughs> Trying to find one is a challenge. So, you know, that was, like I said, that was my one heartbreak most of all was just watching in that slow demise of the company that, you know, was once way up top and it slowly just kind of slid right into Kmart and then Kmart's closed for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, you know, that was, that was the one thing I think was my biggest heartbreak was just, it was like watching a train wreck that you can't stop and you have no say about, you know, and you just don't want to be attached to that train anymore. And, it, you know, that was, that was sad. And I think, you know, people I worked with or the supervisors, you know, have long gone. I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously they've long gone, but I don't think even, you know, most of the road crew or the, you know, the life touch people or any of the, I think everybody's gone. Like there, there's not even, I don't think one employee a long term that's still around any of that, you know, I don't think. You know what little tiny divisions are left, or little tiny parts of Life Touch, and what companies they sell to. I truly don't think anybody. There's even one person left. Everybody had to move on to something else, and we all thought, you know, we had a lifelong career there. That was the plan. You know, this is where I'm going to spend. It's like Linda Nelson. This is where I'm going to spend my entire career, and this is where I'll retire from. And when that doesn't happen, you go, well, that was kind of sad. I met CG when I first started, so it would have been like 89, and it was purely by accident, and it was almost embarrassing because I didn't know who he was when he walked in. So I asked him if he, he, was, there, he was there to be photographed, and he kind of giggled and said no. <laughs> and Otto Evans comes out of the back and says, oh, hey. I was like, oops, that was a bad call. <laughs> Pretty much went home with the idea that, yeah, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> I don't even know who the owner of the company anymore. So... I'm pretty much, I guarantee I'm losing my job. Owner walks in and I looked at him three ways a Sunday and asked him if he wanted a portrait taken. If you look back at like the, the studio memories, every good memory, I, and I can't be the only one, but every good memory was in a studio. And there was nothing, there was no good memories in Kmart. There was nothing, you know, it was, it just wasn't anything special. I just was there, you know, and I remember saying to uh saying to Wanda she had she had gone she left and I had taken her position as as a district supervisor and I think it was I had said it to Wanda and at one point I actually said it to Alina Costa as well was we're the one apple in the banana cart why would we want to turn into another banana there's a cart full of bananas we're the one apple why wouldn't we want to be that one man out why do we want to be just another banana in that giant pile I don't understand 
and I couldn't tell you how many people when we switched to this stupid kids packaging and that kind of stuff said, well, I'm going to go find a, a, you know, a quality photographer because they, at that point, they were like, well, I came to Owen Mills for quality. And so, you know, now I'll have to go find another quality photographer because, you know, in, in their mind, it wasn't the same paper. It's not going to be the same portraits. And, you know, people expect to pay more for quality. And when they're not, you know, they feel like it's just, you know, another Sears, Penny's, whoever it was at that day, you know. If they had come to us, and I don't mean all of the employees, but if they had come to us as the, you know, district supervisors, you know, and said, here's what's happening, here's where we're at, it was almost like they kept it under wraps. That mm -hmm. if there were financial issues, I think some of us wouldn't have resented it so much. But we didn't know what they were doing. We didn't know why they were doing it. All we knew is they're destroying our studios and we can't understand it. You know? So I think part of it was, you know, and especially your long term, you know, I had, you know, sales consultants for 20, 30 years. They'd been here forever. You know, so especially those people are looking at it going, what's happening and why? And they're asking me for answers and I don't have them. I don't know. You know, I don't know why they're doing this. I don't know if it's financial. I don't know if they think they have to. I don't. And so I think part of it, too, was just it was almost like we were blindsided. We didn't really understand what was happening or why it was happening. And if you're just trying to keep up with the Joneses, then stop it. I don't want to be the Joneses. You know, we we had quality and the digital era came in. But I still believe and, and maybe in 2009 or 10, had we stayed in studios, maybe in 2009 or 10, we may have had to close anyway. But I think if we'd stayed the course as quality, that we probably could have hung in there longer. I think we would have done okay. You know, because people can stand at home with their phones and their cameras and they can take a beautiful picture outside. You know, they can try and create a studio setting in their living room. But ultimately, you know, the quality is not what we had. You're not going to buy canvases or have it on canvases. It's not going to be, you know, you can't do ovals and and slim lines and make groupings and you know these are the things that we offered that nobody else had nobody else offered and nobody else could not to mention you know if you put it on canvas and and you know you're you know touching up certain things and fixing this and fixing it so yeah i think maybe 2008 or 9 we may have ended up losing it to every photographer that's in every household now but i think we probably could have stayed the course a little longer instead of just joining the club with you know, all these other folks. Thank you for listening to the People of Olin Mills podcast.